Mr. Freeze. Yes, sir. Man, I have been want like listen, this man right here is the godfather of this North Carolina hip hop thing. And I've been wanting you to be a guest on our show for a long time, man, because I can't I can't sit here and keep around talking about hip hop and, and North Carolina's impact around here without having you on. You understand? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Without first, first of all, I want I want to introduce you to my, my partner over here. This is my man DL Glass. He, he uh, nice to meet you. How you doing, sir? Great, man. Great. I'm I'm just as excited as um, Cap J is to talk to the legend himself, <laughs> Mr. Freeze. <laughs> this is, dude, I re, my my early days in hip hop, I think, started in Mr. Freeze Records. Okay. Um, and I'm a little bit younger than uh, Cap J is, so mine started over there, Raleigh Boulevard, that store location, okay. when okay. Scott was okay. there. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's it's an honor to be a part of this conversation. Yes. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes, indeed, man. So so we got the Capital City Podcast right here. Of course, I'm the host, Capital J, my main man. DL Glass. And right now we got the legendary Mr. Freeze. And without further ado, man, first of all, I'm going I'm to give a little introduction. Mr. Freeze, before, before anybody was throwing these records out here, the, the connect was and has always been Mr. Freeze, especially if you're from the, the eastern part of North Carolina, your connect to the sound Streets was Mr. Freeze, and we are very happy to have Mr. Freeze as a guest. Give it up one time. Thanks, sir. I appreciate you. Yep. So, okay. Now, we always, um, on our shows, we try to start from from the beginning. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the world of hip hop. Well, I've been in the music business all of my life. Uh, started DJing when I was about in the club when I was like 12, but I was doing a little stuff when I was a kid, you know. But I started uh, DJing in the club when I was about 12 years old. And I'm from uh, Pequay, Palm Springs area, North Carolina. And uh, got bands and stuff. I, you know, we, my musician. You sing, you know, different different things. A lot of people know what they know as as they met me, you know, but I've done pretty much anything uh that hold on, hold on please, I'm sorry. Uh, I uh I've done everything in the business that can be done from uh playing on a record and making a record and promoting, uh doing shows, everything that you can name in the music business. I've done it, and I did it at an early age. So I was able, when I came to Raleigh, to kind of just fall in line with everything, you know, because I opened up in 1984. So I was like 21, 22 at the time, you know. I opened up the Freeze record somewhere. Oh, so that's that's when the store, my first introduction to, to Mr. Freeze records, I had an aunt that lived in Durham, and 
every time I came up, I used to go to the North, uh, the Duke Street Mall. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, Duke Street Mall. I didn't know. I didn't go to Durham till like the early nineties. Right, but I, but My, it wasn't. It wasn't a Mister Freeze record store. I bought a cassette at a record store in there. It okay, a, okay. It was That's a local group. Yeah, yeah. It was a local group around nineteen eighty eight. And I'm like, God, these cats from North Carolina. I'm excited. The music was What what was what was what was the group you're talking about? Oh man. Was it one of my group? Yeah, yeah. You were on the back on the back cover. Yeah, that was uh, that was hip hop culture. Hip hop culture, that's it. <laughs> I bought the hip hop yeah. culture cassette yeah. tape. That was at that was at the I think I had those records that I had those that product at the record rack. Yep, I, I went in North Duke Street Mall and I bought that cassette. And I was excited because it's the first full cassette I bought of a North Carolina well, artist. Wow. Well, those those guys was the first um, rap group in the Carolinas to have a full page ad in the source. Oh, wow. I, I have to have a full page ad at the, the Ice Cube edition in, um, I think maybe 89. And uh, I did a full page dad with a battle, you know, uh, and a 12 inch called The Message. And yep. on the flip side of this album, at 12 inch, it had Down South got a super hype. But The Message took off K97, got named Dr. John, uh, broke that at K97 first. But they were they was actually the first group, period. I mean, there's no dispute about it in North Carolina that did a, that I did a full page dad on. And, um, so they were they were tight, they were tight. You know, I also had a record out in '87 called "Get Busy," where we had the uh, Lady Fire and Mr. Freezer Zombie Scratch, which they had three DJs on six turntables. They mm. called the Zombie Scratch, and then I did one in '85 called "Cut It Up Freeze," which is freezing girl named uh, female named Deborah Dare. Oh, and that was my wow. three. Uh, records that I did, um, but we also had music before I opened up Freeze Records. Uh, had a band named Chance, Chance Band, Master Groove, the Nasty Rock by the Garrett's Crew. All that stuff is coming out of my my town, my hometown, uh, Peacock Hall Springs. Nobody knew that because you know we didn't have our names on everything, but that's who that's what it was. You know. Yes, so, sir. So I've got my fingers in a lot of things. But like I said, I've forgotten about some of it because we've done a lot of things um, over the time. You know, we did Roxanne Shante and Sparky D at Dalton Arena, uh, Molly Mall, Real Alert, Mr. Magic, Spider D, all those all those guys came with, with them. You know, did Dickie Fresh at the skating rink. Um, so it's just a lot of different things. Uh, uh, but I, I've done things on both sides, rhythm and blues. Uh, Roy C, Marvin C, William Bell, you know, people like that too. Right. So I cover I cover everything for us having a uh, a mental capacity of all levels instead of just some of it. I can kind of talk about everything. Right. Uh, when it came to music, I have a full line. I have a full line of music. Um, in the stores where you know it didn't make no difference who came in at the kid, the mama, the grandma, I could take care of them, you know. 
Right, right. And, 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 and knew what I was talking about with all of it. I didn't have to second guess it. I just, but I've been doing this a long time. So it's just way before the computer was, was dealing with the music, I had it in my head, you know. Yep, and a lot of, a lot of people... As a matter of fact, this is the first interview I've ever done, so um, um, I've had a lot of people ask me, but you just caught me at the right time, and I, I just feel like talking, I guess. This is Capital City. Because this, this is basically the first one I've ever done. Well, man, we're honored and blessed yeah. to have your presence right now. And you know, a lot of a lot of people in uh, in the hip-hop game around North Carolina, most people really, when you say Mr. Freeze, the first thing they think about is access to mixtapes. Right. right. And you know, that, and, but a lot of people don't know about the records, they don't know about the bands. Well, you know, and I guess people in back in the day who knew, they know about the promotions. But Well, you see, people people know, not I mean they over talking, but people know what they know when they met me. Right. Um, if they are from Pukeway Hall Springs area, then they know about the the DJing in the club at a young age, uh, the parties at the club, the different places in that area, the bands and recording music back then. They'll know about that because they know about it. But then if somebody meet me in 2000, unless I tell them or somebody else tell them, they won't know. So, you know, you everybody know what they know from decades, you know, one decade to another decade. If they around in the 80s, then they know one thing. If they just met me in the 90s, then they will be talking about other things. So it just depends on um, when... Right. They came around, so I don't ever go back and start talking about anything that uh, that uh, happened because I, I don't I don't toot my own horn. I just unless somebody challenges me or try to play with my intelligence, then I may get into the get into uh, do you know who you're talking to type thing. But I normally don't do that. <laughs> you know, every once in a while I might get into my groove with that because I. But that's not my thing. I'm not a guy. I go to the club. I'm not looking to get in free. I'm going to pay my way. I'm not going to ask for the manager. I, I, you know, I pay my way. So I'm not one of those guys that let that, that Mr. Freeze thing go to my head. It's never going to my head, and it, and it never will. Right. Because I've been freeze for a long time. I think uh, I've been free since I was 14 years old, maybe, you know. So right. it, it don't, I don't get into that, getting the big head and all that type of stuff. You know, I don't, I don't do that, you know, but a lot of people in my position over the, would have messed up. A lot of guys would have messed up in the eighties. They wouldn't have never got to the nineties with the, you know, type of publicity that I had on my, on myself, you know, at that time. Right, right. But well, luckily, you... I, luckily I know how to handle it. I don't get the big head with nothing like that. Cause I'm just, like, I'm just a guy. I'm just a regular cat. You know? I don't get into all that, all that other stuff that, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't do that. I'm, I'm that same guy. I don't. I don't change my voice when I get around people. I don't try to be somebody I'm not. I'm just. I got one voice, you know. Right on. And that's all I got, you know. And I mean, I can, you know, I can do voices. I can do some comic if I need to. But <laughs> for talking to people, I got one voice. Don't make no difference who I'm talking to. Yeah. Well, you know so, something that struck me, man. You say you you started off as a DJ, and of course, you know, right. I'm a DJ, so. 
I'm going to ask you right now. You started 12 years old, 13, 14 in the club. Tell me a little bit about, little bit about the club atmosphere back then. Because, you know, we talk the about club. DJing a lot back in the day. You know. Well, the club is about the same. It's just that a lot of my uncles and cousins owned the club. So I was able to go in. I mean, I wasn't drinking anything. Uh, but a lot of my friend, family and people that knew my family owned the clubs. Right. So that's why I was able to be in there at such a young age because my uncles and my aunts and things owned the club. But I had this full sound system, the Southern Vegas sound system, then the, the techniques and the stand needles, and I had all that then. They had that stuff back then, um, Vega, and, and so I had a full sound system then when I was about 12, 13. And, you know, I, I was known to drive, so someone would bring me up to to the record stores in Raleigh um, to get my music. And matter of fact, it was the same place I had my store, uh, downtown Raleigh, it was a record store there then. When I was young, I used to go to that same building and get music. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but that's how I was able to to uh, DJ at parties and I won't know enough to drive. My father would take me around, uh, come and pick me up. He, he didn't stay with me. I, mean, I was kind of wrong for my age, I guess. But I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't able to drive yet. So, you know, someone had to take me with my equipment and then come and pick me up or whatever, you know. Because, like I said, I, you know, you can't, you couldn't get me. You're 14 years old, you can't drive, so you somebody's got to take you, take you wherever you're going. So, so what, so, what uh, was the, what was the main style of music you were rocking back then? Well, in the 70s, you know, you're looking at um, uh, things like uh, Cool the Gang, Son, uh, uh, as it got a little, got as we got a little older, you, you got the disco stuff. You're Ring My Bell and Four Tilt Boogie and things like that. And then around about the 70s, 78, 79, you know, up in that night, you know, the break, I mean, not the breaks, but uh, Shallow Mar, second time around, and the beat goes on type stuff, you know. And and getting into, um, that was way, you know, you didn't have but a few things out there, maybe Sugar Hill, um, Planet Rock, things like that. Uh, the uh, Double Dutch, things like that, you know, around 81, 81, 82. I was DJing and playing in the band at that time, so you got stuff like, you know, uh, the breaks and things like that. But when I first started off, you look at that stuff like going back, uh, I can't even remember, but, you know, you, you, you're going back for some Parliament Funkadelic and um, things that came out back then that people could dance to, some James Brown or um, uh, a lot of different albums. Uh, for the, you know, you, you know, we had to buy the albums and didn't have a lot of twelve inches at that time. I don't think, but you had to buy four back back band things like that. Yeah, back when um, songs were really long. <laughs> well, the twelve the twelve inches was. I mean, you know, when they came out with the twelve, you take a song like. Uh, Back then, they used to make 12 inches. They, they played on 45, so you had to make sure that when you cued your record, you had to make sure that you made sure you changed your speed because some of the 12 inches was 33 and a, and a third, and some of them was 45. Right. Uh, Ring My Bell is, 40, is, a, is, is a 40. It plays on 45, so when we would cue that, we had to make sure we changed the speed. If not, when you hit that, because we were back cueing, then we wasn't doing a lot of uh, mixing, we just back you like they would do at the radio station, you know, just 
pull it back a back back cue it back a little bit, but then we had to have to the stand needles because some needles that they made, if you they won't make for back cue and that's why that the stat needle was so popular because it was made for radio and we could back cue the record, it wouldn't jump off the record. But the pickerings and the shoes and things like that, if you didn't have the right kind, you back that record up, it jumps it the, the needle would jump off the record. Right. Right. So that's why you had to get that statin five hundred or that or that six eighty. Because when you back the record up, uh, it would stay on the record, then you could just hit it. And if you had a direct drive turntable, you could hit it and it would it would catch catch. You back it up by halfway around when you hit it, it just it take off. Yeah, and it'd be, and, uh, it'd be full it, it speed by the time. You wouldn't hear it drag. You wouldn't hear it drag. It would just take off at the right speed if you backed it up maybe about a half half you back. And when you hit it, it would just grab. And we also had a, I also had a, a mixing board, uh, a, 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 a extra board, like a PA board, wired in. So whenever I was talking, you could control the microphone. A lot of the DJs would just try to talk through the DJ mixer, but when you cut the bass on the music, you cut the bass on the microphone. So I have a separate PA board that you can adjust the mic like you want. You cut it up, cut it down, trouble, mid-range, bass, and it didn't affect the music. Right, right. So we, were, we were doing that back, you know, when I was 13. I mean, you got DJs don't do that now, but like I said, you know, you you come into a DJ mixer, when you adjust the tones, you adjust the mic as well. Right. Unless they have a separate, unless they have a separate setting, you know, but, Back then, we was playing 45s as well, so some stuff would just be on 45, and it may not have nothing else on the album. Some of the stuff just won't have album yet, so you need the record. You have to get a 45 if you need one, because some things won't own album yet. They won't, the album hasn't been put out yet. So you could do, you know, 45s, so, and like I said, as long as you had the right sound system, it didn't make no difference yeah, yeah. That's the story of the DJ. And then, like I said, we did the band. I had a group called Chance. We went down to Florida and did that album down at TK. Um, TK, that's... Sunnyview, the, the record that we have out called Master Group is on the same label with uh, Nucleus, Jam Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that yeah, record we, well. Yeah, they, they yeah. Bobby Caldwell and all those, I think, was on that label. But that's, all that is is TK records from Florida. Those are the same people who put out Betty Wright. Uh, was Casey? Up, I mean, uh, Betty Wright, uh, Jimmy Bohorn. Was Casey uh, and the Sunshine Hollywood. Band? Casey and Sunshine KC, Band was on there, right? Yeah, yeah. Casey, uh, uh, Dance to the Drummer's Beat, Neil uh-huh. uh, Ward, Ring My Bell, uh, Blowfly. Oh, Blowfly. Uh, <laughs> no guys on that level. We we hung out with him down there. We went down there. Some of the people come through. Some of them didn't. Some of them was on the road. But when we was down there, we learned a lot. That was some history down there because you know we recorded it down there. So it was a lot of vibe inside the studio because that's where all the hits have been made that we've been listening to. Um, Rocking chair and Rock Me Baby and all that stuff. All that stuff comes from down Florida. Yeah, and yeah. They had a good sound. I live Florida. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, so that's I, the group. Yeah, I, I, I was when I started radio, I actually learned radio back cue and vinyl. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And then we and then we did a you know we was involved with another song Nasty Rock, which was on two different labels. It came out like eighty one, eighty two, but it, uh, it was hitting hard. It hit the Billboard, I think, but it was hitting it right. hit hard. So we've got you got people in Raleigh that uh, got music out. Lady girl named Glenda McLeod. We did a song with her. I'm so straight to love. Um, did a few things. It's a lot of talent. Um, in the Carolinas. Yes, indeed. A lot of vocal talent. You know, you got a lot of vocal. Um, but we were, uh, but then once I got into to the music store business, it kind of took all of my time. So we, you know, I did about three or four records in the 80s. I didn't do anything in the 90s, but I did some stuff in the 80s, you know, so we had, you know, because um, the freeze hit pretty hard, you know, that was a, the the uh the collect the collectors are out buying that type of stuff and reselling it and auctioning it off and stuff like that, you know, uh, all the independent record labels that came but you had some guys in uh which I'm sure you know them because we talked about that they versatility payroll and yep. uh, rolling up there and all that they you know, I used to buy from them and um Yes, how did you get the record store? Supreme Nyborn or somebody like that, yeah. I think. Yeah, how'd you how'd you get the record store started? Well, I used to work at the store before it closed down. Okay. And the guy, the owner, the man that owned the building said that uh, they were getting ready to uh, make some moves. I'll just say that. And said that if I wanted the store, if I wanted to open up my own store, get my ducks in the row. So the building became empty. And I went down, put them out, got down, the guy owned the, the block. He had a business up the street. From where I was at, so I knew him, and um, when I then gave him first month's rent and last month deposit, and we, uh, my family, you know, got me in there. So from there, I went over to WLLE Radio Woo. and uh, and uh, bought commercials, and that's how I got started. I mean, I was on the radio every day, so we was on it. So they would, they, you know, I had I made that phone number jump real quick. It didn't take long to get that phone call. See, everybody listen to WLLE. You didn't have to go try to buy commercials. Uh, you didn't have to go try to buy commercials uh, on three or four different stations to cover the town. You go to LLE, that was it. Yeah. I, when I lived in Raleigh back in the day, uh, yeah, LLE, every day. We had a little transistor radio. <laughs> You yeah. didn't need nothing but an AM radio. We hold it in one yeah. hand, and that's all we yeah. listened to all day long was LLE. Yeah. And sometimes I hit Shaw Shaw Radio up but, on the weekend. You had WKSP that played music um, at night, midnight to six. But LLE was the station that, that you could buy a commercial. Somebody could say, call Mr. Freeze right now, and my phone would ring. Right. Right then. Right then. Yeah, they were strong. And they was only five hundred watts, but they got they got out Fuquay Hall Springs, they picked Zeppelin, Wendell, but then it'd be just a five hundred watt station they got out there. Yeah, AM station AM signal travels. You know, and the uh the I guess it's just how they had the tower position because that was all we had, but that worked for me. I mean it, it really put my name on the map, W L L E. I mean that's way before K ninety seven. And all that, you know. 
So you had, you had SHA, SHA had 25,000 watts. But they was a non-commercial station, so you couldn't really run commercials on the show because they were not a commercial station, sir. Yeah, yeah. I used to get my hip hop, my early days of hip hop on SHA. I used to sit there with my tape recorder, recording Grandmaster yeah, Flash K- and all K- that. Yeah, KSC used to have something on when I was about seven, in about around about nineteen seventy nine, or something called the Midnight Affair. And I would be up there with those guys a little bit. I was never on there, but I was hanging out with those guys up there. You know, they come on from twelve to six every every morning, you know, twelve to six, uh, midnight to six. But uh, that was when stuff was out like Bevel Boy, you stepped into my life, uh, Joy, do things like that, you know. Right. Well, you I, said that's how I, that's how I remember the date or the year. Uh, I right. can just remember when, what records was out when I was doing whatever I was doing. You know, supposed to be trying to remember exact year. I don't, I'm not good with that for some reason, but I can tell you what was out at the time, and you can go back to Wikipedia and find out when the record came out, and that's pretty much, you know, how I do things with. With the years, I can I can go back all the way when I was three years old, but you know, for some of the years, you know, I can remember. But you know, hey, well, t- tell me this: like back in the day, you know, you had your record bar and places like that, but Freeze Records was better for stuff that we wanted to hear. How did how did oh, okay. how did what you get? Was, ahead of the curve like that. You know what I'm saying? How did well, you get the good was, stuff? It, it was a particular distributor that I, I was dealing with in New York and everybody sent those little those little black labels, those little white label records, the little records that they only printed a thousand of or something mm-hmm. just to test it. So they wouldn't even send it to the radio station uh, or the record bar because they didn't have enough. So I would get one copy in, listen to it, and you have to figure out if it's a hit or not before the hit. I had to read the song. I had nobody to tell me. I had to play it, listen to it, by myself, maybe somebody in the store. And then just figure out what to buy, just to put it on the counter or order 50 cops. So I told some DJs in the club one night, they was trying to do some trivia with me. I said, look at the young DJ. I said, look at, look at it, sir. I heard the record before y'all did because I was the only one involved that got a copy of this record. Yes, sir. So I had to audit, listen to it, and I, I was never wrong. I never, I never, I never got stuck with any excess records. If I called it a hit, it was a hit, or I made it a hit. You know, so um, I'm just, I'm good at that. Listen to a song and telling you whether it's good or not. You know, back then stuff. Now I'm lost. It don't sound. It sounds foreign to me, so I could never do that now with this new stuff that's coming up. But back then, I could put a record on and just tell you, if I order 50 copies of it, I know I'm going to move on 50 copies because they don't take back that stuff like that. They only take back 20% of what you order, so you have to be sure about what you're buying. Because yeah. they won't take all that stuff back. They only take 20% back. Or 10%. I'm not exactly sure about that. But I never really had to send anything back because I was just blessed to be able to hear a hit or hear something that's all right. You know, when you may get 20 copies, but then if you know it's really hot, you know, songs like the Request Line and Funk Box Party and uh, Master Dunn Committee, things like that. Yeah. You just send one copy out. Um, and see if you want some more. Different, different, you know, what people do for money. Um, 
things like that uh, that the radio station didn't get yet. Um, and sometimes I would send songs over to the radio station, just donate them to them so they get it going, you know. Yeah, we couldn't, um, we couldn't get that stuff really anywhere was, else. Couldn't get it. I'm really it. responsible for you. You think like a Roxanne Shante when she first came out with that first record. Uh, why did they have to make a record about me or something? It was one of the ones that they recorded. They played, they played it on Mr. Magic show. It was a cassette, and they took the cassette and pressed the record with it. It was the first one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Where she was actually, they played it on the Magic Rapper Tag. And I guess they took the cassette or whatever and made a record on it and sold it. Those are the type of records record files not gonna have. The radio station's not gonna play it because it's not it's not clear enough. But I heard it, bought it, and and probably moved a bunch up, you know. Yeah, I think that was on uh, pop art before the cold chilling art. days. That's exactly right. Yep. It was black and white. I don't even think they put no color on it that time. It was black and white. Yeah. But the first one she made when I when 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 Magic was said, Oh my goodness. That's the first right. That was live on the radio or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, he played that because you hear him say, oh my goodness, that's, that's off his show. Yep. So he actually, because I went to New York and to book her and I sit down with Fly Tide, you know, they was in Brooklyn and got her and Marley Marl was her DJ and then I had to go over to Manhattan and get Sparky these people. When I walked up in there, Andre Herrera was sitting in there, which he was jumping or high at the time. I, I can't even remember which one it was. Uh, but he won't, he won't Andre Herrera. Then he was just Mr. J- Dr. Jekyll or Mr. High, one of those guys. So they was all up in there. And she was with Neil Records, which the Lean Brothers was on, was backing her. And Spider D had Smith's dance out. Mm-hmm. And they were they were boyfriend and girlfriends. He came down with her because that was her boyfriend at the time. And he did the Smurfs dance, and Real Alert was her DJ. He came down with him, and then Magic had to do the rap attack, so I had to bring him down on Saturday. He, I brought them all down on that Friday, just pay the extra hotel night just to make sure they was all here. But Magic had to come in on Saturday because he had to do a show that Friday. Mm. Now, so, people, uh, these are the early days right here. This is, you know, these are like eight or four, eight or five. I can't remember. Yet. And uh, you had, you had, uh, and then I will put some of my locals on that. We had, we had uh, local groups from the schools that were performing as well. You know, right. So I, right. you know, I try to give everybody, I try to give everybody a break and and um, um, give everybody. I, I gave a lot of young people opportunities. You know. To perform on the big stage, the Dalton Arena, places like that, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people can thank you for that right now. You know what I mean? Well, you take a uh, guy called himself Shorty Duwop. He was like nine years old. That's Mister Long from the Black from Black Sheep. Ah, uh, he's from Sanford, right? Right. And he used to perform. With, he used to play with us. We put him on a milk crate. Little bitty guy, we put him on a milk crate. And he could, and we called him Shorty Doo-Wop. And then once he got older, you know, he called himself Mister Long. So I've had um, guys like him, DJ Nabs. Shout out to him. He shot me out on TV today. He was on uh, Channel Channel Five and gave gave me some some props this morning. Somebody called me, I missed the news. But you know, the Nabs and Waxmaster Tour and those guys like that. You know, they 
this this stuff with side. You know, we we have people coming in from Durham as well. Yeah, West Massatoria, Sound Machine. Yeah, Sound Machine. Um, but I, we did something one that we had, we had a battle. But when the when the Ritz is at now in Raleigh, it was called the Deck at the time. It wasn't the Ritz then. And uh, we had a we had a battle with DJ Craze and Shorty Duwop, Mr. Long, and Wax Master Tour and Nails. Mm. Um, I don't know what sound machine was that, but it was Nails and Sound Machine. Had a, you know they battled with Craze and Shorty Duwop or somewhere at the at the, at the, uh, at the deck at the time. Like I said, it's the Ritz now, but it was called the Deck then. So we, you know, so like I said, Nails, like I said, you know. We we speak a lot now, you know, because he was in Atlanta for a long time. But we speak now. Always going to thank him if he's listening for, for for acknowledging me today on Channel Five. You know, yeah. Shout out to Nabs. It seems like, it, it like some people are they don't know their history. I won't call out no names, but they don't seem to know their history. <laughs> and uh, whenever you when you dibble and dabble and anything, you need to do your research. You know. Indeed, because if you if you tell the story, I'm like one. I'm one of the guys. I don't mean over talking, but I'm just talking before I forget what I'm saying. But I'm one of the guys that when you're talking to me, I got that photographic memory almost. So I know exactly. So you got people out there with people who try to rewrite history, and we get into it a little bit because I don't care nothing about it. I look at it as being disrespectful for a man to just tell a completely different story that he knows. It didn't happen. Right. And look at you with a straight face and do it. And so that's when I go to the left, you know, because I I paid a lot of dues. And some people be talking, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm not going to everything that I told you on this on this interview, I can go show it to you. It's nothing that I told you tonight that I can't go get a witness on. Right on, right on. It ain't been that long. I, I, nobody's dead. Some people are dead, but I can still find a witness on anything that I've told you on this interview. But you have people that you 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 can interview and they don't really, can't really prove what they're saying. And that's why it's always good for, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a documentary and, uh, I've got a party coming up July the eighth in here in Raleigh, so you know we just you know celebrating the birthdays and things like that, you know. And so, Mr. Freeze, so yes, I, I think that's why it's so important that you do these type of interviews because it's like you have you hold the knowledge, and if right. we don't know. Like you said, somebody can always rewrite history. Like it's a, right. a, a famous radio personality right now who's rewriting history uh, about who invented the phrase drop bombs on the music to say it was good. And he's putting it in a way that history is going to remember it as the person that he favors, not the person who actually started it. And I think people like you who hold this history of North Carolina are so important to those that come after you because we don't know, like some of this stuff that you said in this 30 minutes that we've been talking to you, like I would have never known that. And you hold the key to this knowledge. So toot your own horn. Everybody else do it. 
Well, my thing was we were talking about the rap, and well, I do. I go back and I I listen to stuff, and I said, well, you know, they were talking about the rap thing. I said, well, you know, when, they, when the guys was doing uh, square dancing, huh. the guys rapping on that, mm-hmm. right. and the violin is the turntable, right. Wow. Uh, everybody wants to claim I said Pigmy Markham, here comes the judge that came out in 1968. He's rapping. I, I, I've been talking yes. about that song about 10 times on this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's actually rapping, and if you hear that. He killed it. Yeah. I heard two or three versions, but he got one version of it. It's got that old school beat to it. Yeah, hear ye, hear ye from far and near. Yeah, but, but, but he's, running it, he's running it just like a rapper. That's 1968. Right. Yep. That's yep. 10 years later. So you talking about six to eight, but then, like I said, if you watch the westerns, Gunsmoke and stuff, these guys is in the the barn, and the guys calling it out. It's the same thing. Same thing, right? He's calling it out, and then he tells he tells the the, the the violin guys or whatever they are, and then they start playing. So that's the he's the turntable man, so. Mm-hmm. Because he's directing, he's directing the the uh, violins or whatever you call them, whatever they're using, mm-hmm. and. So you, you see, I do my, I do history. It's the same thing as you hear a song that's been sampled from another song. Some of the guys don't even know where the song come from. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, that didn't come from that. That's, um, um, I heard a, I had a guy come in my store one day and he had a, a, a sound on his phone. I said, you know what that is, don't you? He said, that's my people. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not my thing, right? That she's blinded me with science by Thomas Dolby. That's where it come from. But you didn't hear Thomas Dolby, so you thinking that that's my deep sample, but it's not. That don't belong to that, right? Yeah, we talk because about that all the time. The, the history of where the song come from, and um. Lil Wayne did something one time. I said, well, that's Harry Bella Funky. That's, that's banana boat. Mm-hmm. The, uh, but a lot of young people don't even foot, know where that seven comes foot, from. Eight foot, yep. Right. Right. You know, that's so you, mm-hmm. you, got, you got to know your history uh, of, of music, but a lot of people just don't. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't want to know. I mean, I'm always in search of history myself, you know. I'm always... Right. In search of listening to an old record. And I mean, I, I've been duped myself. I mean, I've listened to Self Destruction over the years and didn't realize it was off the JB's album. And I got the JB's album. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. When, it, when it's a song on the album, is doing it to death. But I didn't realize that that song was on the I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bought the album when it came out back in the 70s. I bought it then. But I. I probably didn't play it all the way through and then realize that that beat, the self-destruction beat, was off the JB's doing the death. I mean, I played past the P. But that song is on there. So I'm, I'm still learning, um, you know, your biggest rise, Herb Albert, you know, the hypnotize, things like that. You know, sometimes you just don't know because unless you actually play the album all the way through, you wouldn't do it. I mean, I had all those records the whole time, but I didn't know well, some of that stuff come from myself, and I've been in business all my life, you know. But you still can, somebody can slip something by you because you ain't played every single album that you've got all the way through. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Well, I, uh, you can always learn something. Yeah, you, I, I learn something every day, you know. Yeah, you were talking about that country western connection. I, I man, you know how many people I played at Charlie Charlie Daniels. Devil came down to Georgia, and they're like, "What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. rapping on here, right?" And then you think about yeah, yeah, Malcolm McLaren, yep, Buffalo Gals. That's that square dance thing you talking about. Yeah. They use that whole style on that song. And Buffalo Gals going around the outside, around the outside, uh-huh. around the outside. Right. <laughs> that, it's that whole. Well, you know, you can say. You can take the battling banjo. I heard that old song. You know that. Yeah, doing the um, banjo. Yeah, doing the banjo. Yeah, and it, but you you know um, sometimes the, those guys will take a song that you never heard, one of those odd songs off an album that nobody knows. You know, I learned a lot of songs because I used to just sit and put a record on and let it play. But I had I had a lot of records, so you don't have the time to listen to every song. All the way, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. So there's always something that is going that that can slip by you, um, because of the fact you don't have this. It's not enough time in the day to play all those songs, right? You know, you you know, but I've learned a lot of some odd songs that I wouldn't know about just by walking around the store, putting a record on, just letting it play, and you hear something, but. It's still a lot of records I never play because it's not possible to sit and play all the records that you get in. Um, so I've done the best I could, but it's still stuff that people can tell me about that I don't know. Um, because no one man knows everything. But it's just like, uh, you know, you sometimes you can hear. I mean, some people are better at it than others when they come to hear the song, you know, but uh, we were doing things years ago, so. I mean, right on. But, but you know, the music game. I've learned that. I've learned that with people though, uh, you people don't give you credit. I don't ask for it. Uh, I think it bothered me a little bit with this fifty years of hip hop that they did, but it's not going to bother me that much. I'm gonna move on. You know, I'm not worried about that. But um, it's good that we talked about it tonight, stuff like that. But. Um, you got to know your history before you start dibbling and dabbling. Because once a man knows that you don't know your history, he'll tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Once he pick it up, if you ask if you ask certain questions, the man will know that you really not versed in it and then he's gonna try you. Yep. You know, you know you come you in Raleigh and you say, Well, who brought the hip hop in there and if they you ask the man that, he gonna say, Well, this guy's not this guy, this lady here, she's not from around here. Yeah, they don't say freeze. They ain't from Ryan. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, no, because I mean, that's not a dispute with that. There's no one else that can dispute it. You know, there's nobody else that said, "Well, I did that first, You know, um, so it's not it's not a dispute because, and then you had a lot of the radio DJs that kind of turned their nose up at rap. Yeah. I guess they looked at right. it, it was it was too street or whatever, but they took they took their nose up. Um, to rap, you know. That so, went on for I mean, for the first I, I ten did, years. I, I don't tell my nose of it nothing, but Go Go never really caught on. I used to have the I used to have the DC guys come in and want me to put the Go Go in, and I would buy some of the PA tapes that they were doing in DC. It never caught on. It just it just never caught on. So I would tell the DC guys if y'all want to have hear some deep some some Go Go, just bring it with you. 
You know what I found yeah. about Gogo? Gogo tended to to trend a little bit better in the Greensboro area than Raleigh and Charlotte for some reason. Okay. It just never caught on here. I mean, I mean, you had Bustin' Loose back in the 70s, which was Gogo, and no one knew it. Yeah, Bustin' Loose. Uh, they run Bustin' Loose. And Drop the Bomb, then, Trouble Funk was pretty heavy. Yeah, Drop the Bomb. And, you know, they had that set up on a double record where you had an A, B, and then and a C, and a D. Mm-hmm. That was a double set. That was a double record. It was orange, and you could put the A on and the B on the other turntable, and then you could flip it. Yeah, that record went on forever. Yeah, so you it had four sides: A, B, C, D, and you could flip the record over and just keep it moving. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of dropping the bomb. We we were on the show with uh, <laughs> with, with with Trouble Funk at the Federal State University. Trouble Funk and Chuck Brown. Ooh, and uh, Federal State Federal State School for the homecoming, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean they had a drum, they had a drum drum set up there. I mean some serious drums up there, serious, serious percussions up there. Yeah, man. You know, I, I heard Chuck Brown one night at the club, and they hit hard, but it just never caught on with my store. Uh, because you buy PA tapes and that stuff is distorted and those guys using them cheap blanks and all that kind of stuff. So it's not going to sound so good anyway because they're not using yeah, high bias cassettes, you know. So Yeah, them white labels are kind of tough. <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, you can get a good white label, but everybody just want to do quality instead of quality. I mean, I always do quality. Right, right. Um, but I don't believe I don't believe in doing nothing cheap, you know, because it's going to come back. It's going to come back to bite you. Yeah, every now and then you get something good. Like I remember RK Funk when that came out. That was that was pretty pretty well recorded. You know. Well, well, I mean that was on a record tilt, all that. Mm-hmm. You talking about tilt and all that stuff that came out around that time? Yeah. yeah. Uh, RK Funk, he had tilt. You had Slim in the mix or something like that. I think I, it's coming back to me. I see me when you call out a record. I see labels. Yeah, like if you say a song, I see a label. Yep. I can pretty much tell you what label or something because I've pound records so much that somebody could call out. I had my boy DJ Juice out of Jersey tried me one day. He said, I'm going to try it again. I said, Yeah, you go try me no more. Not today, you try me again. <laughs> you know, because see, a lot of these guys got these hard drives. They don't know what the records look like. Right, right. And that that's, I'm a, I'm a record dude. So I'm, I'm like you. When I think of a record, mm-hmm. I think of mm-hmm. the, that, that rounds paper in the middle and what color it is and mm-hmm. what it says yeah, across the top. It. I can see it. You can see it. You and know? not only that, when you're in the club DJing, um, you, I mean, sometimes you got more than one record on a label. You may have three songs, so you have to still look good, but sometimes you can just grab that label. You ain't got time to really look at it good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to know your labels anyway, but then you got some records like Profile and Solar that had Four five records out at the time. Yeah. So you still got to look at it, but a lot of them just got that one song, so you can just feature that and get it. But you take Solar Profile, those guys like that, they got that gold you label have though. Five you, records in the crate on them, you know. Yeah, you knew it was good. You just look down and see that gold label profile had the gold. Yeah, and and then Solar, you know, when I was out there, Solar, you know, you you gonna have yeah. you gonna have. Whisper, Shalimar, Dynasty. Uh, sound of Los Angeles Records. Lake, Lakeside. You got them, at least those for Lakeside, Dynasty, Shalimar, and the Whispers. And, and when that Baby Blue with that Sugar Cane on there, that Sugar Hill Records, oh, man, I used yeah, to love to see yeah. that. 
And, you know, you're going to have the message on there. You're going to have West Street Mob. Mm-hmm. Sequence. The guy, the guy, the, the latest son, the old sugar here, used to go to shop. Oh, daddy. Yeah, the guy that's on the front of that red jo- Joy, album with the Ferrari. Joey Robinson. Yeah, he 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 uh, he went to school at Sharp, if I'm not mistaken. He used to come by the store. Oh, that's what's so up. I think he went to school. I think he went to school at Sharp because he won't just coming by like that. So I think he I think he went to school up there at Shaw or something. Right, right. I, I'm not, I may be mistaken, but he come out. You know, he was hanging out at the store a little bit. And I think he passed away. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think he passed away. But like, like, looks, I think he was on the, out there with that. Red Ferrari on the front of that West Street Mob album. Yeah, let's dance. I know you got that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a nice song, but you know, uh, it's a lot of history. And like I said, I enjoy talking to someone who knows because a lot of people, when I'm talking to them, I lose them. Nah, I, you would not lose me, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was, I was, I was in the store one day talking to. Meatball and we were talking, and I told Ball, I said, "Now I'm gonna step, I'm gonna step the records back one, one decade back, and I'm gonna lose three or four years." That's about four or five DJs in the store. We talking, talking, talking. I said, "I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna lose Ball now. Ball can go back there with me." Right. I said, "With well, the rest of us, so I start calling out stuff like Gino Socio, Cross Beyond the Clouds, stuff like that." So, <laughs> so that's the stuff. It came out in the late seventies. Quartz, Quartz is on the same label with Ring My Bell and Geno Socio and Sarome, Supernature, things like that. Yeah, and and it, I lost them just there. I knew I was gonna lose them because they hadn't been DJing long enough to know those songs. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You had to be there to get them. They don't throw that. Well, they don't play those on Throwback Hour. Right, right, because they, because those are the songs that you could get at Sam Good, and Sam Good is always had those New York records that came because they was based out of New York. So uh, I worked at Sam Goods for like a month for Christmas when I first graduated. And I'm the guy that broke the Christmas rap in the store. That's when Christmas rap came out in 79. Mm, and, yeah. I, and I broke that up in the store. I told him to take that Beethoven off <laughs> and put that Christmas rap on the turntable back there. And I, I probably sold 50 copies in three, four hours. Yeah. Everybody walked in the store wanted it. Everybody wanted it. I mean, it was hitting. I mean, it was hitting hard. So, every, you know, and the guy, the manager of the place was standing there watching me. And I had a whole stack of them. They were like, what is that? Here you go. What is that? Here you go. Mm-hmm. And for, for those of you that don't know, that's uh, that's Curtis Blow, Christmas Rapping. Sample that uh, uh, next Too Close. Anybody that yes, like sir. Too Close, you go back, you listen to Christmas Rapping, and you'll hear the yes, beat. Sir. So just, yes, just for those of you that don't know out there, this man yes, speaking sir. speaking realness right now. Yes, sir. They came out. I graduated in 79. As soon as I graduated, uh, I went and got a job at Sam Goodis. And uh, and uh, I, was, I guess I was just in charge of the black division because every time somebody black would come in, they would come to me. <laughs> yeah. Somebody got to yeah, tell these so. people what to buy. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, um, Again, I told them to get me 50 copies of Curtis Blow. They, they didn't last for the day. It was around Christmas Eve, Christmas week or something. When it came. I don't know exactly when it came out, but the first day I put it on, see, they was in there playing that, 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 that stuff, you know, Beethoven and Mozart back there. I said, take that off the turntable. They had speakers, surround sound in the, in the store. I said, take that off, put this Curtis Blow on, and uh, 
it was an Italian guy that ran the place, and he was checking me out. And I said, "Now watch this," and we put that on. And uh, I had like a stack of them in my own, and people just walking. What is that? What is that? Hey, he, he said goes, at the beginning of the record, though. It start off yeah. towards the night before he said, "Hold it, hold it now. Let's yeah, play yeah. out." <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It's so hard, and it still hit right now. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. And uh, but the brakes, the brakes was harder than that. The brakes hit hard, man. Oh man, I'm on the, I'm, I'm doing a throwback mix every day at noon now. The same station that Nabs is on Saturday night. Uh, they got a throwback station, ninety five three here in the, in the Triangle now. And I spent well, I sure wish last you put Monday. some of my music on, man. I wish you play my. I got two songs that's on YouTube. I got to, I got to get that hip hop culture. I got the culture here, but I got to get that up where it can be uploaded. But I, I sure put it on. I put it on for you. Not a problem at all, sir. Right. Yeah, because yes, it's up freeze and because it's up freeze and uh and uh get busy. Uh, I guess the version of it where she's rapping is on YouTube. If not, I can get you a copy of it because uh. Uh, I need to get that stuff back out in rotation a little bit because everybody don't know about the cut it up freeze. You know, what I mean, yeah, well, it hit hard though. I mean, it hit. It, I mean, it's mixed down, and that freeze, that cut it up freeze thing hits hard. Well, I'm playing what you're saying, and I get it. I will get it on for you. You know, and I definitely appreciate it. But like I said, you the first one, and you probably the only one gonna get an interview. But you, you caught me at a good time, brother. Cause you know, I'm just I'm feeling all right and just laid back. <laughs> yeah, that's all but, right. Uh, hey, but, but, but check uh, this out. Let's let's move a little bit forward now. You got the record store. Tell me how the mixtapes crept into the record store. Tell me a little bit yeah, about that. I better let that alone. <laughs> I better leave that alone. I mean, I was connected in with Clue and Ron G and those guys, but you know that got kind of went to the right there after about. Uh, for a while, you know, something went down, so I, uh, you know, I won't get into that too deep. Um, but I was connected with, you know, we did a we did a uh, a freeze anniversary at the Ritz, where I brought them all down, and Clue, Ron G, Duop, um, Backspin, Lazy K. We had Lazy K battling with Kashim. Kashim mm-hmm. was on my crew. I and remember Kashim. Yeah, you got Billy Bill, uh, you Billy got Bill. uh, uh, Backspin and Dog Time. I had those are all those are all the top boys at the time. Um, Clue was the main man, you know. Clue and Ron Wop and uh, Dog Time. He did blends. and Juice did blends, you know. Yeah, you still had some Capital J in there. You had some Capital J in the store too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but Clue, Clue would shut it down when he would come out with something they didn't want nothing else I had to really hide that <laughs> right right because he would shut he would shut it down I mean he they was like that's it you know he was he he had so many exclusives on there you know but I used to bring those guys down um do parties for me and things like that but you know I got I've got this thing at the wrist on DVD um I had the professional cameras in there taping that, so I got that on DVD, you know, the, the, the clue. I mean, the, the, the anniversary thing, you know, the 12th anniversary. Oh, wow. And, um, so that was a long time ago, but that was like early 90s, but I still got footage on it and stuff. I got un, I got unreleased footage on it because um, we edited it down to two hours, but it was a five or six hour show. Mm. But we got to edit it down to two hours. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that that uh, that 
see, they, see, the mixtapes was based, was set up so they wouldn't have to keep begging these radio DJs to play their music. Right. And not only that, a lot of that stuff that was on those mixtapes, you couldn't play on the radio. It's just too, it was just too explicit. Yeah, and a lot of it was never even pressed up when Played it comes to Clue. Radio. He just he had a lot of yeah. freestyles you couldn't get your hands on, period. Right. Yeah, but a lot of that stuff made these record companies big and made these artists like Biggie and all those guys. That's how those guys got broken in the streets, like Biggie and all them guys, because they couldn't play that stuff on the radio. Yep. You know what I got yeah. in my house, Freeze? Yeah. I got a copy of The Source where you had one of them full-page ads in there. And yes, in your list of mixtapes you had available, you had Capital J on there, so I kept that yeah. issue. Wow. I, kept I, took, I, took, I took care of my, I took care of my home people, man. I, uh, I, uh, I, and see, not only that, people don't know this. I was the first record store in the source with a full page. Yeah, Beat Street and Harlem Music Club, but they didn't have full pages. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We got another first on Capital City podcast. Yes, sir. Say, say that again, Mr. Freeze. I, as far as I know, and I, I, I think I do know that I, I was the first one to have a full page ad in the source record store. Uh, B Street and them had quarter pages, half pages, but I think I could be wrong, but I think that I was the first one to have a full page layout in the source. Say it with I, your chest out. I, I got it right at the house. <laughs> and, then, and, and, like, and like I said, now I took care of my. I took care of my, I won't call, I won't, I don't use the word local. I just said I took care of the family that was around me, guys like you said, Captain. I don't use that word local. I right. never use the word local. I, I, I told a DJ one time, I won't call his name. If you got to use local, don't even play my stuff. <laughs> I won't call his name. I ain't gonna call his name, but I ain't put it okay. like that. But if you got to say local, do not play my stuff, put my stuff up. Okay. Because okay. when you're in New York, they say Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Queens. Absolutely. When you in Atlanta, ATL, whatever, Raleigh or the Carolinas, I ain't going to say the Carolinas. I'm going to say Raleigh want to holler local. I can't speak for Greensboro because I don't know. But Raleigh will say local. I say, you're trying to cheapen the song. <laughs> because when you say local, that just cheap. I said, everybody, everybody is from somewhere. Right. So everybody is local from somewhere, but don't use it. So I told the brother, you got to say local. Don't just don't 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 play none of my stuff. When when I was on in Greensboro, and I would I I set it up so that every every night every Friday at midnight, I called it the independent spotlight, okay. rather okay. rather okay. than local. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. the so well, but, but, but see that the word local is just it cheapens it. Mm-hmm. People immediately it, it, turn it, it, off. It, 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 yeah, it, it cheapens. See what it was is it's just like when I would have a record in the store, and I got a record coming out. I would just play the record. I wouldn't tell them that it was my record because they would find a fault in it. So they get the right. bump in their head. And they'd be like, "Man, I like that." I said, "Yeah, that's one of mine." <laughs> you know. See, see, but I wouldn't tell them, "Hey, man, I got this record. I just put out. I want you to check it." They'll find a fault with it. Yep. And uh, because when you say local. They're looking for something about it, right? Like, to, yeah. I don't never say I don't never say New York, but I used to tell the guys back in the eighties and nineties. I said, "You rapping? If you put the word North Carolina in that song, it ain't gonna go nowhere." I said, "Just don't say nothing. Just don't say anything." 
Because when you say North Carolina, that was back in the day. It's probably it's probably so now. But even the North Carolina rappers they use the word North Carolina in their songs. Mm-hmm. I'm so, glad you said so that. It, I got a question for you. And I don't okay. really cut you off. Go so ahead, ahead. because I have had my own experience and I know rappers who have had their experience with mm-hmm. the New York scene. How were you received back then being from North Carolina in that New York what, scene? What you mean? You talking about with my shows? Uh, with well, the, the song, your music that you released, how did it how did it uh well, how did it go over? They didn't know it was from North Carolina. I had an eight hundred number on the on the on the on the uh, on the record. Uh, I didn't put a nine one nine on it. Okay. I put an eight hundred number on it. Why though? And uh, okay, so they didn't know where it was from. So because we didn't speak of where it was from, we didn't say we was from nowhere. We just didn't say. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, because I already know it's, it's two things that I told these guys: stop using the word North Cadillac. Because that's a disrespectful term that the Northerners use on us down south. The word North Carolina is disrespectful. Yes. I tell I tell people that when a person knows know your name, yeah. know your name, and deliberately mispronounce it, that's being disrespected. <laughs> now if they abbreviate it, okay. But when they deliberately mispronounce your name, and know how to pronounce your name. They're being disrespectful. Okay, so one day I Googled it. North Cackalack. Now I did not know this. I, 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 this was just in my brain. It said that it was a term made in 1946 or 1942 that was a disrespectful term that the New York, that the people up north. Used on us down here it means backwoods and country. Now I did not know that was wow. on the. I did not know that. And your I, boy like, Google cat, no Cadillac. Your boy, y'all was talking about. Your boy, y'all was talking about from Black Sheep. He saved North Cackalacky and Compton, so he didn't even know his history when he said that. He didn't, he didn't no, know that it. was that was he scenario. They said scenario. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, <laughs> but that because, was somebody from up north is, saying. Because the thing about it is, see. You have to do your research. When you use a word, you need to know what that word means. Wow. Okay. I knew that it was a disrespectful word because anytime, if you say NC or whatever, ATL, that's, those are abbreviations. Right. When you say North Cackalack, basically you're disrespecting the Carolinas. But you see, a lot of us people, and I preach this, you don't have to be called out of your name to get disrespected. And a lot of us brothers don't understand that. Wow. You get so many ways to be disrespected and not even be called out of your name. Absolutely. And I'm one of the ones that know when I've been disrespectful. You, if you come at me wrong, say, hold it, hold it, hold it. See, <laughs> let me straighten you out right now. You know, because you have people say little slick things to you or say a little something. And you also have men that come to uh, talk to other men like they are uh, macking them. They, they, they run the con is what they're doing, but they're talking to them like they talk to a woman. And I've had to get on some guys about that. Don't talk to me like you're talking to a woman, sir. Mm. What do you want? Run a game. 
Yeah, what do you want? Don't come at me trying to, hey, man, I heard you was the man, so-and-so. Hey, hey, brother. And don't get up close to me when you're talking to me. <laughs> don't you know, touch we me. As, we as men, we need to know. There's a lot of men, it's like I told a guy one day, man, you need to know how to take a picture. You know, when you take a picture with another man, that's not how you take a picture with another man. A lot of people have not been taught a lot of things that they need to be taught, man. Right. I mean, it's a certain way that you take a picture with another man. Right. But if don't nobody tell them, they won't know. Absolutely. I've, I've called people up and say, hey, man, hey, hey, hey. And they probably appreciate me telling them, anybody ever told them before. Right. And we as, we as men need to teach other men if we can't. Every man got his own definition of what's right or wrong, you know. Only thing I can do is say, hey, so-and-so. Right. You know, and if you take it, you take it. If you don't, you don't. But sometimes people don't take the time to tell people anything. Right. And if you don't know, you don't know. Right. But I've learned a lot of, I've learned a lot of things. Um, from just dealing with talking to different people and being we on, on the radio, certain things, words I can't use. So, you know, um, man told me one time, said, I'll just keep it clean, man. Said, Sometimes a man can hang around you and he'll start thinking he's your woman. That's not the word you use, but I'm just saying that, you know. <laughs> and I've seen that. Right. When this guy, a man hanging around you so long, he'll start watching other people that's coming around you and trying to block something that they're trying to do for you because he done got jealous. Yeah. Because yeah. he knows he's not a woman, but he he thinks that he's your woman, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So he, people got possessive. He, he knows he's a, it, ain't no, it ain't nothing like that. It's nothing like that. But it's just that you know, he knows he's a man, but he'll get jealous if you start doing business with other people. Right. People got a possessive quality about him sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've had a lot of old, but what I wish the old men would do when they used to drop them jewels on me, go ahead and tell me what you're talking about, man. Those old men come in and drop a jewel don't tell you what they mean. Then you may see it next week or you may see it next year. But if I drop a jewel on somebody, I'll, I'll, I'll give them a scenario I'll I'll explain it to them what I mean right then so they don't have to try to figure out what I'm talking about, you know. But a lot of older men will come in and say something and then walk out. Right. There's up to you to figure out what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, and me, if I tell somebody something, if I come to you and tell you something, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about. I'm not going to let you figure it out. I'm going to tell you. You know, if I take the time to tell you something, then I'm going to take the time to explain it to you. So if I ain't got time confusing. to tell you, then I ain't gonna send them to your body. Right. You know. But you know You wanna you wanna give me a you wanna give me a plug on my party, are you not you're not able to do that. July eighth, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's, at, it's at Michelle's event center uh Newman Avenue. Where is that? Um uh, it's on Newman Avenue in Raleigh. I'm sorry, I know you probably everywhere. So I keep NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got we got to let the people know what city it's in. Even though we know we we in right. Raleigh Durham area, 
we, you know, yeah, know, when you say that, you got to tell everybody. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, it's, it's uh, Michelle's Event Center, uh, Newman Avenue. Um, things small. I can't even read the address. <laughs> I think I got a flyer well, uh, here on they, my they phone. They can call me. You won't give them, you know, put my number out there. You know, they can call me or whatever. But you know, whatever you can do. Here it is. The the grown folks, I got you. It's the grown folks party featuring DJ Young Soul and DJ Kaboom. Drink specials going on. Young lady named Bataya. She's going to do some Southern Soul and some R&B. She's an R&B singer. Okay. Yeah. She's going to do a little R&B and some Southern Soul. too. she got to come in there. I got a lot of Southern Soul folks that follow me in the R&B, the 90s. I I got followers on both ends. Yep, and that's Michelle's Elegant Events, 3537 Maitland Drive, Raleigh, North Carolina, at the Tower Shopping Center. Tower. Bad, Tower. Bad, July 8th, I definitely appreciate that, folks. Right. Yes, indeed, man. Bad, and you can give my number if you want to for me to call me for anything you need. That's um, the, the number right here on the – I got you right here, 919-274-7765. Yes, Doors yes, open sir, at 10 o'clock. Yes, sir. Well, they, you know, we got VIP tickets and whatever they need. But we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get it. And I probably, I think I'm gonna DJ for about thirty minutes myself. I'm gonna come out of retirement. Oh yeah, that's gonna be good stuff right there. Yeah, I think we, I'm. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do a remix on something. You have something a little different, you know. But uh, are, are we welcome? Anything else you need to ask me, brother? Because you know, I'm, I'm in the mood tonight. I'm just, I'm, I'm in here grooving. I got a couple questions for you. All right, go ahead. So, Excuse me for getting off the subject, man, but I just like to talk. I'm like, I'm a man just like talk, so I know I went to the left on you a little bit. And I apologize. Hey, you you earn you earn your time, man. You put your work in. It's your time to talk about what you yeah, want to talk yeah, about. I know Absolutely. I know. I can go to the left real quick. I can get on something. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Excuse me for that, sir. It's all good. Well, my my question is: Did you ever have a relationship with Priority Records or Jay Z? I don't. I've never met Jay Z. A lot of the, a lot of the, the, the record execs have been by my store. Called me. I'm not familiar with Jay Z. Russell Simmons. Uh, a lot of those guys got started. They were doing their own promotional. You know, they were called. You know, right before they got big. But I, I don't know Jay Z. I, uh, I, uh, I'm sure he knows me. I met Dame Dash over at the radio station one day. He was over K97. Okay. Uh, I was over there with DBS. And um, they was cutting some type of. He was doing some kind of uh, reality show or something. And hmm, he right. was up in there, had his, dog, had his dog with him and stuff. So I was walking down the hall. And so this is recent Dame. This recent uh, Dame where he had the dog with him. Right, right. This this was a few years ago. Right. And I spoke to me, and he probably heard of me because Clue Clue put a shout out on that professional CD that he did with Rockefeller. So I'm sure he. Heard of me before, I'm sure. Freeze Records, and, uh, North Carolina. Yeah. I remember that. That that's yeah, why I asked yeah, the does. question because on Jay Z first album, Reasonable Doubts, one of the stamps for the labels was Freeze Records listed on Jay Z album. That's that's exactly why well, I asked the question. That might be another Freeze Records. And you remember now, the song AEIOU was about Freeze. Okay. Uh, and then they got a, another Freeze because when I used to call New York to speak to. Uh, Marley Marley and them, they would ask the secretary or whoever answered the phone, was it freeze up north or down south? Right. There was more than one freeze. Uh, right. Now, uh, 
I've never run into another one, but it's it's more than one. So you got one out of New York, so that's who that was. That wasn't me. Um, I don't think I've ever. I mean, guys like Puff Daddy and them. I'm sure they come through a call or um, uh, somebody. I've I've done with a lot of independent record reps, and then when they get signed, um, the guy that used it, who put out Keith Sweat uh, on Good Entertainment Records. His name was Benson, and he called me one day and said that Keith had gotten signed. He he put out the Pee Wee Herman and Joe oh, Ski Love. I mean, uh, yeah, Joe Ski Love, Chuck Chill Out. It was on the red and white label, but his name was Benson, but his name of the label was Benson Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, uh, he called me one day and said that uh, that. Uh, Keith had gotten signed. I ain't heard from him since. That was it for him. I ain't heard nothing else from him. So I guess he, he got his advancement or whatever happened with his label. They put his label, I think it's, you know, they distributed it for him. So after that, I didn't hear from him anymore. But then, you know, you had Def Jam back then. I need to be Tila Rock. Mm-hmm. It's yours. That's some of the, some of the first Def Jam stuff, I guess. Yeah, Knowledge. Uh, uh, what is it? Knowledge Me? Can... Well, that's on the other side of Junkyard. Uh, junkyard, Sardines and Poker Beats is on the flip side of, of you talking about the original concept. Yeah. And on the flip side, the record Sardines and Poker Beats, it was a double sided hit. Because Sardines and Poker Beats was on one side, you flip it, you got the original concept knowledge on the other side. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that, that Sardines and Poker Beans was on Def Jam. The Junkyard yes, Band sir. was on Def Jam junkyard. Records. I never knew that. Yeah, yes, you yes, know sir. that, did you? Yes, no. Yeah, that was yes, Def Jam. And, and that's what you call a double-sided hit. And you got a few, uh, they, you know, uh, I can't remember that many of them. Uh, you had Kano, uh, I'm ready, Holly Dolly on the flip side, you know. That was a, that was a double-sided hit. Won't many, but you got some double-sided, uh, the 45 of the OJs, living for the weekend on one side, stand with the heaven on the flip side. Mm-hmm. I got, I got a question for you. This is one thing that, that kind of bothered me as a DJ. When things went digital, like I I lived for going to the record store and night. I used to go up and down. I would go to Atlanta, D.C., wherever I had to to get my hands on a record so I'd be the person in the club or on the radio that had something that nobody else had. And things started, you know, they slowly went digital. And for you having a record store, like, you know, tell me a little bit about that transition and what, you know, you kind of see the writing on the wall that this is a, a thing that's going away. Tell me how that how that works. Well, well now, now, the records for me kind of went away. I have a bunch of records in there, but, you know, everything kind of went to CD for me for a long time, you know. And then, I, you know, I shut down and, 2012, so they were doing some digital, but it got that digital really, really took over um, probably when I got out the game, you know, because people when I was in the game, people were still buying CDs, you know. Yeah, I, I actually went into CD pressing myself because um, everybody, you know, everybody wanted stuff, they wanted to be able to hand CDs out, so I, I got this joint, this machine where I could you know, just put a stack of CDs in there and put labels on them and all that. And I was, 
you know, helping people out. Like, you pay me a certain amount, I'll press your CDs for you. But right. even that started slowing down for me around 2010, 2011. But see, um problem with that is people want something for nothing. See, what I've learned about people is they will lowball their product and then try to lowball you to press the product. Yeah, yeah, went through a lot and of see, that. They, because it's all about what a man believes something is worth. See, what you, you know, a man, a man will burn your stuff out trying to help somebody else. Because mm-hmm. those machines are only made to do but so much. So you're going to burn your stuff out for them trying to lowball what they're doing. So I never got into that, you know, doing stuff for people. I hear once in a while somebody might have a wedding or something like that. I did that, but not much. I didn't do that much because you know, you know, you you know, you can burn your you can burn your equipment out, you know. And then when you burn your equipment out, then you got to go buy some money. Ain't gonna help you buy nothing. Yeah, I went I went heavy duty with it. You know, I I think I pressed up probably twenty thirty thousand of them jokers. Well, yeah, you doing your thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I went and bought the big stuff. I said, well, you know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm see how this works. And in the beginning, you know, I saw I saw that even after a while, people were getting away from even the CDs. You know. Well, yeah, it took a while though with me because uh, I didn't I didn't see a slowdown in 2011. I mean, people still, you know. Uh, doing it with the CDs. I mean, I had people asking for tapes. You know, you always had some guy with an old pickup truck that got <laughs> that got that uh, that factory cassette playing there, you know. And you want to keep a cassette. So, you know, we had we had, had cassettes in there. I don't ever get rid of anything uh, because somebody going to want something. You just, you just have some people who who got I didn't have any eight tracks in there, but uh, that, that would have been a bit much. I doubt anybody had an eight track, but uh, but what put the eight track out of business is that it used to play. If it get hot, it would play more than one song at one time. That's what that's what actually put the eight track out of business. Yeah, and they were hard to queue up too, man. Good lord, what do you mean hard to queue? What are you talking about? Like, radio station? Nah, just in your car. Trying to find a song, yeah. Trying to, you know, a, a cassette tape was so much easier to fast forward to where you want to get to and rewind versus an eight track. I used to, man, they used to. Well, you could fast forward an eight track, but you couldn't rewind it. Exactly. That that, yeah. that made but, it but, real but, difficult. But you had them. But you what skip from track is, to track, though. But what happened is, is that you have to learn that eight track. So if you hear one song on track one, you know your song's on track four at the same time. Mm-hmm. That, that was the way you could. You had to do that. You had to kind of know that eight track. So if you hear, if you got an Al Green on, and you want to hear for the good time, and let's stay together is on track one, and you know for the good times is on track four, then you just flip it on now. That's about the only way you could you could maneuver it. Yeah, so I can you know, I can imagine cassettes, you know. Just the ease well, of cassette, moving from well, song to song. Was, well, a cassette, yeah, um, it was easy to deal with. You could flip it over, or if you had the double sided head, you know, where it would just switch it. You know, it would just switch it, switch the heads around. Um, 
But the CD, the difference in the CD was it was if you didn't take care of that CD, it would start skipping. Yeah. That, ain't, that cassette ain't much going to happen then unless it just runs off in the machine. Mm-hmm. But if you got a decent, if you got a decent cassette, you could throw that thing over there and get it dusted. It's still gonna play, but that CD was real sensitive. You get a scratch on that thing, it's gonna start skipping. And a lot of people, I've seen people shuffle shuffle CDs like they shuffle chords. Mm-hmm. They have four, five, six, seven CDs in their hand, and they just shuffle them. <laughs> and then talking about they don't play, they skipping. So come on, man. Yeah, and you know, you know just a lot. A lot of people don't know that this man. Like you said, you keep everything. Tell them about your archives right now. I know you got serious archives. I got a serious archive, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got stuff from, from, you know, I've been collecting music a long time, so I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yep, and that includes basically all the mixtapes too, right? Well, I've got that stuff in storage, you know, but yeah, I can I can pull it. We can find it. But you know, the problem with all that stuff is like a trade, you know, people people may want that transfer but they don't want to pay for it. So I mean I'm just I've just got it in my in, in my in my storage. That's about it. Right. Because because people don't want to pay people have people like to, people don't want to pay for 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 your time. Mm-hmm. And so I don't even bother with it, you know, because like I said, they don't they don't want to pay for your time. People want something for nothing, and then they they'll go pay some so somebody else some big money for something else that they don't need. But certain people they don't want to, you know, they don't they they want to pay you three dollars an hour. <laughs> yeah. And so I mean, I'm not talking about everybody, but you know, but right. I'm pretty much uh, I'm you know I'm pretty much uh, getting into some other stuff, but. Um, Probably get back into the show business or something like that, but uh, so much stuff is available on the internet as well. I do have things that's not on the internet that was made for me, you know. Right. Exclusively for me, so no one has got it but me, you know. Right. Because I've never uploaded nothing on the internet, so uh, even even my hip hop culture stuff is not on the internet. I've never uploaded any of that. Somebody else uploaded my other records up there. I've, I've never uploaded anything, you know. Right, right. So other people have, but I would love to get those back on the air. You know, get some buzz on it because there's a lot of people never heard those records because they didn't get played on all the radio stations. They played them, you know, in the area. And I think New York played them a little bit to get busy, but they kind of, they was kind of a little hating on me a little bit, I believe, in New York. I, I think... I think they kind of underestimated us Carolina boys, you know. You know we they may did. Have been doing a little bit too much. I think we would be. I think we were doing a little bit too much uh, um, down because when I would bring them down here, I guess they thought we were living a different type of way. And when they realized how we were living, they I said, "Well, you guys must have never even been out of New York if y'all thought <laughs> that." Right. Yeah, you I know, used to have cousins. Calls. We got calls and telephones and TV. <laughs> I used to have cousins come that? down. They're like, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be y'all that lived in a, in a in a shack in the middle of a field. I right. was like, what? 
Hey, no, it's, it's, it's actual highways and stoplights and malls down here. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm going to be down here anyway, because, yeah, because I mean, I, had to, I used to get the girls, to get the, uh, the people coming in from the show, you know, to get off the bus or be walking down the street and walking in the store, be like, well, how y'all get clue down here? I'll be like, listen, you see that UPS truck across the street there, bro? You see that post office? <laughs> right. There's a DHL truck over there. It's a FedEx truck. Come on, man. man. Why you asking that? I said, we got a phone. We got TV. We got cable. Where, y'all, where you think you at? <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where you think you at? We mean how I get clue here? He said, it tell me. Right. I mean, just ask something dumb, you know, uh, well, I mean, I had some of my New York guys, when I had Mr. Magic standing in my store, they were like, man, he got Mr. Magic in here. I said, well, he, he got on the plane and flew down here like the next man. Right. He's just a man. He's just a man. Man, I can't believe he got, because they knew him because they was from New York. Right. So they knew what he looked like. And uh, they were like, man, this boy got Mr. Magic up in here. I said, yeah. But he, all, he came with the package. <laughs> right I didn't. On. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't book him separately. He he came with Roxanne and Shante. They all came together. Right, right, right. You know, fly side the same guy that ended up being the president of Coach Hill. He was her manager at the time he came down here with. Yeah, so he ended up being being the president of Coach Hill. So tell us, tell us a few more big moments in hip hop that you want us to do. Want the people to know about, or just some of your favorite know. your favorite moments? How about that? I don't have a whole lot of. It takes a lot to impress me, man. So I, you know, I've just I've been doing stuff so long, man. It don't really, don't nothing really, you know. Yeah, just all blurred (laughs) into one big old ride. Well, yeah, but yeah, but I was one of those guys. I didn't take a lot of pictures. Uh, I never really got into taking pictures with people, and uh, I guess I just looked at them like they would. We all the same, so I never got into all those let's uh, get a picture together and all that. Thinking that me taking a picture with them make me somebody else, you know? Right. And so I never, I probably got some pictures, but a lot of the pictures that were made, someone else made them and they got them. So they like now you got your phone where you can take a picture, you keep the picture. A lot of people taking pictures, but they took the footage. They took the pictures with them, say. Mm-hmm. Or if it was a Polaroid, I mean, you got Luther Campbell and all them guys been in the store and um, taking pictures with with him and his bodyguards and all the guys, you know. And he coming and do autographs and stuff like that. Real nice fellow. And um, so I've had a lot of different celebrities come in, and uh, some of them just come in, some of them sign. I've had. People from the movie industry come through and play in movies and comedians come through because everything was going on downtown. So they was having something at the at the BTI or the Civic Center. They they start walking during the day, you know, just just up and down the or and most of them would be at the Radisson, which is the Sheraton now. Mm-hmm. But most of them would stay at that Radisson, so you may see anybody walk across the street. Uh, anything like that because they all and they, before they put all the hotels around they would put most of them downtown right so I've had the guy from Rosewood come in uh, Vane Range the, uh, no no Dan uh, Cheetah no um, Benjamin the old guy oh right uh, he played on he played uh, uh, Whispers on Hoodlum oh right 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 yeah, his name is Paul Benjamin 
Right. Okay. He walked in the store one day. He was asking me, he was like, you know where I can find the floors? And I'm like, hold it, man. Wait a minute. I know you from somewhere. I mean, because he don't look like nobody else. So when you see him, you know who he is. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. he don't look like, he don't favor nobody else. So you know exactly who he is when you see him. I think he said his daughter went to show at, 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 at that time. And I was trying to get him to do one of the quotes that I've heard him doing one of the moves. I couldn't get him to do anything. You know, but he got some, <laughs> I couldn't, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have good sense, man. But like I said, I said, man, do the part, do the part, but do the right thing. Man. Do, 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 do one of the singing, man. Come on, man, do something. You know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you, but I, like I said, we've had different, the regulations used to bring people yeah. down when they were getting started, but then when they got bigger, they would take them to record bars. They, they, would, they mm. wouldn't bring them back to my store once they sold a million. Mm-hmm. When they would come back, they wouldn't come to my store. They would come to me when they were trying to get started. Yeah, that's, that's how they do it. They would get big time. Yeah, they, and I told them one time, I told the people, I said, don't bring nobody else in. Because you won't bring them here, but then when you get big, you want to make sure that you want, now you want to see the planes late and they don't have time to come over here. That's whenever they, you know, they can pull some people. You bring them over here, don't nobody know them. Right, right. Well, you yeah, know. They don't nobody know them then. They just got a 12 inch out. They don't know who these people are. But when they get big on TV and stuff, then you want to take them over to the record bar and Camelot, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's real. Right. But I guess they didn't think that I, I was going to pick it up or they just, I guess they just didn't care. They're going to do what they want to do anyway. Well, but, uh, well, hip-hop been around for 50 years, and you, sir, have been a major part of it, and, you know, everybody who, who has been a part of this hip-hop thing in North Carolina, man, we all we all got mad respect for you and a whole lot of love, man. And, well, I appreciate that, my friend. Hey, Mr. Freeze, I, I yeah. do have one, one final question for myself. Are, are you familiar with the Carolina Music Awards? Uh, are you talking about Omar? Yes. I'm not familiar. I, he's on my Facebook page, but I don't know anything about it. I don't even know him. Okay, you just I know that my because page. he's on my page, but I don't actually know him. Okay, I I just see that Carolina Musical Awards is trying, and I use the term with air quotes, trying to celebrate 15 years. And um, I I I pay attention to Carolina Musical Awards, but I never saw them. Um, I guess give you an award. And I always thought that you deserved an award. So, well, you know, actually, man, to be honest with you, I've never been called to do an interview on the radio. I've never gotten an award. No one has really ever given me anything. I mean, I'm all right with it. I mean, you know, it don't bother me none. But if the, 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 the truth is told, I've never. No one has ever called me to the radio station. I've been the local radio station. Never called me to do an interview. They interview all these other cats. Yes. They give out all these awards to people who hadn't earned them. So that's why I don't respect a lot of them because they give them to people just randomly right. who who hadn't put paid no dues. So if you want to give me one, it don't mean nothing if you've given five or six more to some people who hadn't done anything. Right. That so changed tonight. That's why it never, it never bothered me because you, get, you got people that's got awards and just hadn't really... That is like, right. I mean, I don't ever go to any award shows and anything like that. I don't know who's getting what, uh, because some of that stuff is just not real anyway, and they don't they don't carry any weight. 
Is it? It depends on who gives you the award. Right. You can't. You can't wake up and just say and make yourself VIP, uh, and you don't have nothing to back it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of people do that. They used to be like, "Well, who is this guy?" Yeah, self-proclaimed. So they gave you an award, but it has no it has no kick behind it because the person that gave it to you, see. And that's why I never really worried about uh, anybody giving me anything because it wasn't really anybody in Raleigh that could give me anything that had earned the right to give an award out. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Unless it was the mayor of Raleigh or something, you know, somebody, you know, like that. But, I mean, because if I was the first one to do all of this stuff, which I probably was in Raleigh, then who is it to give it to? Right. Capital J. I mean, I, I don't, 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 I'm just saying, who is it to give me the award that don't have some, 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 some juice behind it? Right. Capital I'm the one, J. I'm really the, I'm really the one, I'm really the one that need to get everybody else the award. Gotcha. Yeah. You you know right you, because like right you see so that's what I'm saying there's nobody to give me one because I was the one that probably kind of started the thing uh, even the radio stations really can't do it because a lot of them didn't play rap right mm-hmm. you I won't call out no names but some of the stations didn't want to play no rap until they got beat. Yeah, I remember it was a drought, man. You you know, like I said, you even on even on LLE, I ain't hear a lot of rap back in the day. It's just you know. Well, I, I changed that. You know, we used to have a we used to have the uh, freeze mix show on LLE from one o'clock to three o'clock on Saturday, and DJ Craze, DJ Craze, uh, do a ninety minute or two ninety minute tapes, and we just put the tape on. And he was cutting that stuff up, you know, the edit money, I want some, uh, I need some money, and request line, and things that was out, Jive, Jive Rhythm Track 122, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, Craze was on the Freeze Mix show. So, and then LLE would play, they was playing to cut it up Freeze, and yeah, see, that was after I, Yeah, that was after I left Raleigh, too. Because, like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, 79, 80, 81, Oh, no, like no, I said no. it was, you know, it was a straight up drought. But, but like I said, I still got tapes that I recorded off SHA though back then from their set. Well, you had SHA was like I said, it was twenty five thousand what twenty five thousand five hundred or something. So it was coming in real good. Mm-hmm. Um, and KNC, they they was a rock and roll or rock station. That's why that stuff was so clear. Because it was tuned for rock and roll or rock. Right. That's why the highs on it was so clear. And that's why that rap sounded so good on on K and C. Because they totally had it tuned that. for rock. Huh? I missed K and C back in the day. I didn't like my my dial was always L L E and S H A. I didn't even get to K and C back in the in eighty, eighty one. I didn't even wasn't on my radar. It came you know, they didn't, they didn't come on to midnight, you know. Yeah. They didn't play it during the day. It was just midnight to six. Yeah, So was. that's when you could hear that rap, midnight to six. That's why I did. You couldn't hear it, you know. 
during the day because it's a rock or a rock and roll station. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's tuned up. They got them technicians got the got the equipment in there. KC was the first ones I seen with some quartz turntables. Them, them boys had them boys had quartz technique turntables in the late seventies. The digital joints, they, well, they won't do so, but that's the, the one with the that's the one with the wood base on it, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, I actually, you know, I had one of them, man. I um, where the, where the arm is separate from the turntable. Yeah, they they would. I found it in the trash can at a radio station one day. Yeah, them boys was ready. Them boys had them joints up there back in the day, bro. I ain't seen none of them since. Yep. I think them joints was three grand a piece then. Yeah, yeah. And and the one I had was broken. I could, couldn't find any place to get it fixed at the time. I don't even have it anymore. But I had yeah, one yeah, of those. Yeah, really I had best. that arm separated that mounted down into the wood. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody said them joints were three. I was like in the late 70s. Them joints were three grand a piece. Yeah, boy. That was dead. Yeah. The twelve hundreds won't but five hundred apiece. If they even had them, they don't even know if they had made them yet. But the twelve hundreds won't no more than five, six hundred apiece back in the day they up now. But them joints were three grand. I don't know what was going on yeah. with them joints. Them were radio joints. Yeah, those ones with the wood base were a piece of work, man. That was something special to have right there. You know, so had that long arm on it. It didn't have a regular arm, it had an extension on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Like I said, I was up there for a brief moment, you know. Well, we want to crown you right now, Freeze. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I appreciate you. You know, I really appreciate you um, doing a show. You know, I've been calling you for a while, right? <laughs> oh yeah, you called me at the right time, bro. You go, you called me at the right time. I just felt, I just felt like talking. So usually, usually I don't. Uh, I don't get it. You know, like I said, you're the first one to get an interview. You may be the you may be the last one, but you you showed up the first one. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we're gonna we're gonna archive this one right here. We make sure we get it out so we can get the word out about this party that that we gonna be at. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I, definitely, I, I definitely I definitely appreciate that, man. Get that out for me. Put my number out there. You know, if somebody trying to get in touch, we want to ask me a question or two. You know what? About the party or something, just give him a number out, man. I appreciate you, brother. Okay, yeah, man. Well, thank you so much, man. Yes, sir. You know, yes, like this meant a lot to us, and um, and I hope everybody listening learned something today. You taught us, you know, we learned a few things, and I hope everybody else did too. And um, keep that, keep that footage, keep that that audio footage in your vault now, because I don't need to get out. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Keep Absolutely. it in your vault, brother. No doubt. And I appreciate you, man. I appreciate the shout outs and the and, and the plug in, man. So, you know, so we 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 work together. So I appreciate y'all, man, and just hit me a little later, man. And get uh, back on Twitter when you get a chance, man. You ain't been on Twitter in ten years. You're exactly right. I don't even know if I got a Twitter, man. I don't forgot the password to Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and I know I got an Instagram page. Don't even know how to get on that joke. Well, I'm getting old. Well, I'm getting old. <laughs> I lost the password to that joke. I go in there and pull the password back out. Yeah. Man. Well, we uh, don't... Just put me out there, man. Put that fly out there. You know, put that fly out there best you can. Just get it out there. It's a, it's a flip side. I'm getting ready to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see you the front and the back. Because I don't know if I sent you the front and back. I'm not sure... You may have the front, but I mean, I'm gonna send you. I'm, when I get off the phone, I'm gonna send you send it on the other number that when I got Capital J up under. Uh, okay. Not this number, but the other number. Gotcha. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm sending it to your phone and pointing back. You know, you can get it up to people. I appreciate you, man. All right, man. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, legendary yeah. Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Take care, my friend. Thank you. All right, man. Appreciate you, man. Hey, you have a good one, and we'll see you on the 8th for sure. Okay, bro. All right. This is Capital City with Capital J. That was a good one. That was a great one. North Carolina legend, Mr. Freeze. Hey, man, I've been calling Freeze for about, what, six six to eight months now? Right. <laughs> and and DL said, hey, you know what we got to do? Just just call him while we in the studio. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe if he got the time, we'll catch him like that. Right. And it just worked out. That's so, um, but yeah, man, Freeze, like, he was, he don't want to say how much, like, how how influential, but I'm going to tell you right now how influential Freeze was, man. Like, right. Like, you know, he brought he brought a lot of hip-hop to the area. Like I said, we, you talk about bringing Roxanne and Sparky D down here back when when the Roxanne Wars were going on. Right. Talking about having songs out in mm. 85 hip-hop songs. Right. North Carolina record label. Talking about that was your key to getting your hands on some clues, some SNS. Right. You know, I used to drive from Greensboro and take my mixtapes to freeze so that yes. the Raleigh Durham area, you know. They have it. And um yeah, and all that stuff meant a lot. You know, like I said, I saved that full page ad in the source, you know, had my name listed beside S and S and Clue. That's dope. And all of that stuff. So, you know, Freeze done a lot for a lot of people, man. Right. And uh, when it's all said and done, if he hasn't done an interview except for this one. That's crazy. And that's 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 awesome, you know. Yeah. So, But now, no matter what happens, this has been recorded. Right. So. Forever. Forever. Yeah. You can't take that back. So, ladies and gentlemen, freeze. This is Capital City with Capital J. And make sure you listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and on over here tv.com. Right That's on. It. That's it, man. I'm we Capital J's, my main man. DL Glass. We out of here.